Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where sometimes our church bulletins don't go as planned. For instance, at the evening service, the sermon topic will be, what is hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> or another one, the eighth graders will be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet in the church basement on Friday at 7 p.m. The congregation is invited to attend this tragedy. <laughs> or the title of our sermon today is, Don't Let Worry Kill You, Let the Church Help. <laughs> or, the peacemaking meeting scheduled for today will be canceled due to a conflict. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout out to those spirit-led Christians everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior, thank Him for His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, and we look forward to His soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit lead and guide us as we speak to your people today. Help us all to hear your voice and know you more intimately. In Jesus' name. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Round Town, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Round Town, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast today is The Only Thing We Lack is Connection. Hi, Christy. How are you today? I'm doing really well. How are you doing today? We are doing pretty good. We are actually out and about in the big wide world <laughs> and we're off location. It feels really weird to be out of round town. <laughs> we are going to talk about the need for connection within the body of Christ. What is happening today is that people say they lack money, they lack buildings, they lack opportunity. But what we want you to get today as we're talking is what we really lack is connection within the body of Christ. And what do I mean about that? What I mean is that if we are connected as God desires with the people he desires for us to be connected with, we will lack nothing because God will be present. The reason that we find ourselves lacking so much today is that a lot of times we're not where God wants us to be, or we're not associated with the people that God wants us to be associated with. And what that does is that slows down the process of God accomplishing his will because we're just like gears that are mishmashed and we're grinding mm -hmm. at each other. Now, it doesn't mean that one gear is better than the other. It doesn't mean that one gear is good and one gear is bad. What it does mean is that those particular gears don't mesh. And if you really want the transmission of God to drive us forward, you really want the gears to synchronize and mesh perfectly so that it can drive what God is wanting us to do forward and accomplish his work mm -hmm. on this earth. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Christy? It's interesting because we tend to, as people, including in the church, we tend to want to mold people into one image so that everyone is kind of the same. And you see that in places all over the world, communities, groups. People come together and they sort of take on a united identity. They might wear the same type of hairstyles, the same type of clothes, yeah, exactly. eat the same types of foods, listen to the same types of music. And they feel like unity means everything is exactly the same. Mm. 
when the truth is that God has created all of us very, very uniquely. If he wanted everyone to be alike, he would have created everyone alike. But he was so diverse in his creation of mankind that no two people have the exact same fingerprints. That's pretty extreme that you can go through all of history with billions and billions of people and not have two people that have fingerprints that are the same. God intends for us to be unique and he created us to be unique. And a lot of times we feel like we don't fit in a particular group because they're trying to force a mold on us that just doesn't seem like it fits us. But what the issue may be is that you're not with the right type of people. You're not connected to who God wants you to be connected to because when you follow the leading of the Spirit, and he puts you with the part of the body of Christ that you really need to be with, you're going to find a flow and a function and an alignment and a blossoming of who you are and what you're called to that you can't get everywhere else. It's like if you're a finger and you're part of the hand of the body of Christ, but you're trying to make your life with a foot, you're just going to look weird. You're going to stick out like a sore that thumb. <laughs> You're going to not be able to function the way that the foot functions because you're not meant to function there. You function very well on a hand, but you don't function well on a foot. And a lot of times we feel like it's us. We're different. We're wrong. There's something wrong with us. But what the truth is, there's not anything wrong with us. There's not anything wrong with the people around us. It's just that we're not with the right people. And all we're lacking is connection with the people that God wants us to be connected to in the body of Christ. Exactly. It's kind of a reverse process from what happened in Babylon. In Babylon, when they were building the Tower of Babel, God didn't want them to continue in the unity that they had because they're going on a different path than God planned. And so God confused their languages. He broke them up into smaller communities so that they would go off and replenish the earth and create multiple civilizations. And what they were doing there was just out of sync with what God wanted. Mm. But what God wants to do now is he wants to unite certain parts of the body of Christ so that they can accomplish great things. Now is the time to build the kingdom of God. But we have to build the kingdom of God as God desires and not as we think it should be built. Unity does not mean conformity. That's good. Yeah, I like that. What God wants is for us to be unique but placed uniquely within his body so that we function correctly. God is a God of order, but order from heaven, yeah. not order from earth. Right. That's the difference. When we as man try to figure out what is good and what is decent and in order in our churches, we get legalism. When God does what is decent and in order in his view, we get the second chapter of Acts mm. where they all spoke in other tongues at once and they felt that they were drunk, but they weren't. They were under the power of the Holy Spirit. And even though it looked like pandemonium and sounded like a lot of people just talking at once, that was the order of God. And that was perfectly within his will. And so God's order is not necessarily what looks to be order to our natural minds. God wants us to unite, to connect, but only with those people that he wants us to connect with because those are the people that will function properly with us and we mm -hmm. will function properly with them. That may mean that you have to go to a different church down the street. That may mean you have to move across the country. That may mean you might have to talk to your neighbor. <laughs> you never know. But it's God's will, not as it seems right unto our natural mind. Yeah, that's right. It's as God leads. What we tend to do, especially in Western culture, is 
just join up with what's close or join up with people that are nearby. When we move to a new neighborhood, we just kind of seek out the nearest church. A lot of denominations will actually assign you to churches in your neighborhood exactly. because they want you in a certain place. And we go based on location. We go based on, well, these people drive cars similar to me. They look like they're about the same income that I am. So I'll go with these people or all these kids go to my kid's school. So we'll go to this church for these people. All these people homeschool their kids. So we'll go to that church because I homeschool my kids or whatever the basis for fellowship is based on natural-minded thinking and looking at things from a very lateral world view. But what if what God has for you to function in is something completely outside of what is close or what is like you or the kids are different than your kids? What if what he has for you is something in another country? He wants you to move to some third world country and minister there and there you will find your connection and there you will find your alignment. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit and we always have to remember that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we don't always know what he's thinking. And we can't just take the reins of our life and say, this is what I'm going to do. Because what happens is we end up in a situation where we just don't feel satisfied. You don't feel really connected to the group. You feel like you're obligated to show up every Wednesday and Sunday morning and Sunday night. You feel like you're obligated to pay your tithe. You're obligated to go to the church potluck. You're obligated to be involved in all the things at least once a month with that are going on in the church but it's not because your heart is really in it it's because you feel like it's your duty as a Christian but when you are with the people that God wants you to be with you're connected to the people that God wants you to be connected to you flow together you both have an impulse from the Holy Spirit to move in a certain direction or all the people involved have an impulse from the Holy Spirit to move in a certain direction and you all feel that same unity everyone moves as an individual but you move together as a unit It takes going where the Holy Spirit leads you because we don't know. We don't know exactly what God has for us. We don't know exactly our potential. I don't believe we really fully know what we're created for, the full realization of our calling until we're with the people that God wants us to be with. Because being connected to those that God connects you to brings out the fullness of God in you. It brings out the depth of what you're created for. You flourish, you blossom into everything God wants you to be when you're with the people that encourage you and inspire you and that are synced with the spirit going the same place that you're going. Like you said, those cogs that will flow together. If you get out of alignment or out of sync or you have cogs that don't fit, it's not going to function. But if you have cogs that fit perfectly and they're in sync and they're functioning, it flows and everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Is something that we often can't see from the outside. It's an internal thing that only God knows. And when we get connected to those people, wow, there's a huge difference and we see things flourishing. It's really true. You know, we don't really lack money. Mm-hmm. The body of Christ is incredibly rich. People have stuff. People have lands, they have houses, they have bank accounts, they have all kinds of things. And we don't lack money. What we lack is connection. I don't feel like I ever have to ask for money. Why? Because I know when there's connection, there will be provision. When the body of Christ comes together and becomes one, there will be enough for everybody because Mm -hmm. everybody will share what they have. Everybody will freely give. You know, if the collection plate comes and you have a hard time opening your wallet, you are probably not where God wants you to be. Mm. Why? Because you have an innate sense of a fair trade going on there. Because if you're not getting much out of church, you're not inclined to put much into it. 
Now, that doesn't mean it's a bad church. Mm-mm. It may just mean it's not the right church for you. And so you need to ask God, where do you want me? Where do you want me to fit in? If it's someplace different, I'll go. I remember I was led by the Spirit on a two or three hour drive. And I came to a little hole in the wall church. And I did not know why I was led there. And I knocked on the door, I went in. There was a woman sitting behind the reception desk. And I said, okay, why am I here? And she said, what? I just drove three hours on the freeway and got off at this certain exit and God told me to come here and so I wanna know why. And she looked at me really funny and says, you know, I was just praying today because I was in the middle of a church service and God spoke to me took me by the hand and led me out of that church service and down the street to another church and had me sit down. And I was asking today, Father, was that you? And then you show up. You know, God is very specific. He wants things done the way he wants things done. He knows what will fit. He knows that when we are connected by his Holy Spirit, by his Spirit, Spirit, I'm saying, not by what seems good to our natural man. It's not convenient. It's not social status. It's not denomination. It's not our gender. Whatever metric you want to use to measure where you should go to church is strictly a function of his Holy Spirit. Who does he think that you will join together with and be most effective with? Mm -hmm. That is what God's going for. And I know that The body of Christ, when it gets in sync, then the power of God will flow through it and it will start moving. And when it moves, the earth will shake because we are a lot of people and we have a lot of giftings, a lot of talents. We have a lot of things that we can use for the ministry. And when we are connected, just like those Lego blocks you used to use when you were children, you know, you snap together and you fit For that to happen, you had to have it mesh. You had to have it in the right place, in the right order. And it's the same thing with the church of God. If you want a nice Lego church, you gotta have the correct blocks, the living stones that God wants Mm -hmm. that he's going to join together by his spirit. Tabernacles is all about spiritual connection. We are not doctrine based. Mm -hmm. We love Jesus Christ and we acknowledge that he is our personal Lord and savior, that he died on the cross of Calvary and rose this third day for our justification. We believe that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I don't really care what you believe. I care about who you know. That is what is the salient point in all this. When we know that God has connected us, we will find a unity of the Spirit. And that unity of the Spirit will cause His power to flow through our connection. And when you multiply that connection more and more and more, you get a very, very potent force of God. The reason that the church is stuck in such a miry place right now is because there's so many people that are together that really aren't supposed to be together. That's right. The move of tabernacles is God preparing us for the new heavens and the new earth. The move of tabernacles is God bringing unity so that the dwelling place of God is with man. And as we come into connection with God and we come into the tabernacle flow, God wants to manifest himself to us through people. But God won't manifest to every Christian through every Christian. It's only as he leads by his spirit. There may be Christians that you're very connected to that God speaks to you through and you speak to them on behalf of God that 
I wouldn't ever feel that connection with. And likewise, as we come into this move of God and we're seeking to have unity and fellowship with him and be drawn into that oneness with him, the natural byproduct is being connected to people that are led by the spirit to be with us and we're led by the spirit to be with them. That is the point. A lot of you are saying, okay, that sounds great. I would love that, but how do I find that? Well, the first step is you have to get out of your natural-minded thinking. You can't figure it out on your own. You have to learn to hear the voice of God. You have to learn to be led by His Spirit. You have to follow as He leads and just start in baby steps. When He leads you to go to one particular grocery store instead of another one and you end up talking to somebody and sharing Jesus with them, you'll know, okay, that was God's voice that I heard. When you feel a prompting to do something and it works, okay, that was God. When you feel a prompting to give $50 to someone that you didn't think needed $50, and then you find out afterwards, wow, I really needed that $50. I was praying that I would get right. that $50. You'll know, okay, I'm learning the voice of God. Then you continue to move in that as he leads you and tell him you're willing to do whatever he wants. God's presence and his blessing come with obedience. So when he knows you're willing to obey him, however he leads, he will continue to lead. And if he knows that you're going to hear him and move on what he says, he will speak to you. But if we feel like we get to think about it and decide, no, thank you. I don't want to go that way. He's not going to continue to lead us and guide us if we're sticking our feet in the mud and saying, no, I don't want to go. So get out of your natural mind and thinking, be willing to be obedient to God, learn to hear his voice. It's something none of us does perfectly, but it's something that we can all do progressively. And as we grow in hearing God and grow in being led by the spirit, he will move in our lives. He will move circumstances. He will move us either in our hearts or our locations. He'll move other people near to us and we will come upon the people that he wants us to be connected to. Understanding that it's God's will is the first key. When you really know God wants me to be deeply connected to one or two or three more people, then you can hold on to that and believe that and trust that God is going to lead you into that. It's not something that you can create and it's not something that you can choose. It's not something that you can say, wow, I really like that guy that lives down the hall. He's really good looking. I want God to connect me to him. That's not how it works. The way that it works is you follow the leading of the spirit and God will bring the person into your life that he wants you to connect with. And it will be a work of the spirit. It won't be a work of the mind and it won't be a work of the flesh. The truth is, there is nothing wrong with you. A lot of people sit in church and say, what is wrong with me? I'm not feeling the Holy Spirit like I should. Other people in church are feeling the Holy Spirit. I'm not having the experiences with God they're talking about. Or I don't feel like I'm really part of it. A lot of people that go to really big churches, you know, they're a number. And they feel like it. And the truth is, there's nothing wrong with you. It's misplaced. That's what you are. You're in a place that God didn't really want you to be in. And then you got to look and you got to decide that you're going to let him lead and guide you. How does that feel? What do you do when you let God lead? He speaks to you. He speaks to you just like I'm speaking to you. He'll speak to you in your mind. He'll speak to you in your heart. He'll speak to you from verses in the Bible. He'll mm -hmm. speak to you from his very creation. God will speak to you if you say, Father, here I am. I'm listening. But you have to be willing to hear in order to have God speak to you. If you're not willing to hear anything he says, he's not going to take the time to talk. But a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's me, it's me, it's me. No. There is somewhere in the body of Christ that you fit so perfectly, yes. it'll be divine. You'll feel that God made you for that place. He made you for that time. He made you for that people. 
you'll fit so perfectly that you'll never want to leave. Why? Because you found your place in the body of mm -hmm. Christ. There was nothing wrong with you. Your uniqueness is a tool in God's hand to accomplish amazing things. But you need to let him lead and guide you. You need to let him pick you up and use you as he sees fit and not as you think you're capable of. Exactly. Or not as your pastor thinks that you should be. A lot of pastors just have needs that they kind of plug people into. And they're not really suited for it. They just happen to be there. And there's a need, so they just use who's there. And the people, they don't feel comfortable with it. I mean, sometimes it works out great. But a lot of times I see people, they're just in the wrong position in church. They shouldn't be an evangelist. So they shouldn't be a prophet mm -hmm. or they shouldn't be a pastor. And this is a misalignment of God's people. And the body of Christ will never function as God intended until we come into conformity with his will. Not as we think it should be, mm -hmm. but as God actually dictates to us through his divine revelation. And you feel that you're out of place because you're out of place. <laughs> right. You feel that you don't fit in because you're a round peg in a square hole. You need to go find that round hole. You need to go and to be what God made you to be and not what people dictate or think you should be. You are a unique, amazing person in mm -hmm. God, and there's nothing wrong with you. You're just misplaced. Yeah. I remember I was called out of the Northwest to come down to beautiful round town. And my son thought he had died and gone to hell. <laughs> he just thought this was the worst place in America. And he ended up making friends. He ended up graduating valedictorian of his class. He thrived in Roundtown, where he was in a very big school in the Northwest that was gang-ridden, drugs, and the whole nine yards. He thrived where God put him. Though he didn't think so at the time, he thought I was punishing for some <laughs> terrible thing he'd done. But no, he just didn't see the bigger picture. But the bigger picture is that he thrived and he did very well. You will thrive and do very well where God places you. If you will just have the courage to allow him to move through you. It's very difficult because we get very comfortable in ruts. But as the saying goes, a rut is just a grave with the ends knocked out. <laughs> and when you get into a rut, you can't see over the walls. Yeah. All you can see is going the straight line backwards or forwards. But God wants to pick you out of that rut and place you in a promised land of his making. Mm -hmm. That's what God did with the children of Israel, and that's what God wants to do individually with each one of you. Yeah, that's right. So we get stuck in a rut, and it's hard to get out. We get comfortable. But one of the keys of knowing that you're in the wrong place is you can't really get very comfortable. You feel like for every logical reason that comes to your mind, you are in the right place doing the right thing, but there's something in you that's unsettled. Yeah. There's something in you that just knows that there's more. A lot of times we feel a guilt to do the things that we're doing in the churches we're doing or to be in the groups that we're in. And we really don't want to, but we just feel an obligation or a guilt. I remember many, many churches that I was in, when you come from a Bible college and you have training and skills and people find that out, they put you to work. And I felt obligated. Anytime there was a need in the church, if I had the ability to fill it, then I felt like I was supposed to fill it. Okay, I can do nursery. I'll do nursery. I can teach Sunday school. 
I can do the administrative work. I can do the music. Whatever you need me to do, I can do it. And consequently, got burned out so many times doing things out of obligation or guilt, not being led by the Spirit. And God will use you to your fullest capacity. I'm using all of the skills that God has given me now and all the multiple things that he has me doing. But it's not out of guilt and it's not out of obligation and it's not stressful. It's joy. It's a delight. That's what we'll sense when we're following the flow of the Spirit and we're with the people that he wants us to be with. It's not that everything always goes perfectly, but there is this overall sense of peace and joy and delight and well-being and a desire to do what we're doing. Nobody has to twist your arm and tell you, go do this. Because you want to do it. You want to give. You want to give your time and your energy and your talents. And you want to give your love to the people around you. You want to give your money. And you want to give your money. That's right. You share what you have with those. big indicator. Yeah. You share what you have with those around you because you want to. Everything that is yours is theirs. You love them and you want to see them succeed. And you want to grab hold of all that God has for you and run with it. So there's a joy and a peace that comes with it. If you're not experiencing that joy and peace and fulfillment and satisfaction in what you are doing that you believe is for God, take a step back and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and lead you to where you need to be led so that you're where you need to be and living to the fullest extent of what God has for you. This week, I happened to buy a book about the coming economic collapse in the United States. And I did it because I feel in my spirit that we have maybe four or five years of lead time to where this happens. And nobody really has told me this. I just feel that way. I feel that I'm going to prepare as God leads. And I was sitting there the other day reading this book, and he was saying how you could predict these things with indicators and kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden I felt bad. And I said, Lord, what's going on? And I felt like God was saying that you don't need to read this book. All you need to do is listen to my voice. Mm. I will tell you what you need to do when you need to do it. And I thought about it, and I got up from the chair, and I went and threw the book away. Because I don't need to figure things out myself. That's the problem with Christianity. We are trying to live a supernatural life based on our natural-minded reasoning. And it just doesn't work. It's antithetical to what God is. And though I know that we're coming into some difficult times, all I need to know is the next step. If God tells me to do this, I'll do that. If God doesn't tell me to do that, I won't do it. And I won't go to some so-called expert with graphs and analysis of the stock market to tell me when things are going to hit the fan. Yeah. God will simply tell me. And... He'll make a way where there is no way. I could prepare one way that had no relevance to what's going to happen. But if I ask God and just Mm -hmm. do what he wants, Mm -hmm. I'll be in the place and be able to provide for my family as I need to at that time. And it's a lot of overhead in my mind that's just taken away when I don't have to think of things myself. Exactly. And a lot of fear and panic because when God leads us, he doesn't lead us with a sense of panic. He never leads with fear because fear is not of God. We might have a sense of urgency that we need to do something right away. We might have a sense of warning that something may cause danger, but we're not led by fear. We're not led by panic. So when God leads us into these things, we don't necessarily need to know what's coming. We just need to know what God wants us to do right now. Exactly speaks to us to do something tomorrow, we do it tomorrow. We follow him step by step, and it's not out of panic or distress. We can maintain wisdom. We can use our 
God-given abilities to analyze things, but everything is subject to the leading of the Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit guides us in something that doesn't seem like it makes sense, but we know it's a Spirit, that is always what we yield to, is what the Spirit is saying to do. I remember coming into this pandemic of 2020. None of us knew it was coming. As far as I know, every single prophet or person who seemed to know the future, nobody predicted it as far as I know. But yet, before it started, God spoke to you to take care of some certain things. Someone that was working that has a health issue to have them retire early, get out of work early before January came around. Someone that right. was in a foreign country to bring to America. And there was this push that you knew it had to be done now and you did it. God didn't tell you there's a pandemic coming and you're going to have to yeah, be locked down forever. He just said, do this, do this. And then there was provision and then everyone was safe and everyone was cared for. If that person had still been working in the healthcare facility that she was in, it would have been very detrimental for her to be there and to be around that exposure with her health conditions. And if the other person had been living in the country she was living in, that would not have worked out well for her when COVID hit. So God knows what's coming and what needs to be done, but he doesn't have to warn us with a sense of panic oh no, this is coming, get this taken care of right away. If we're listening to him and yielded to him because you hear his voice and you do what he tells you to do, when he says, do this now, you do it. And consequently, everybody that you were responsible for was taken care of and safe. And that's the way that the leading of the spirit gets us to where we need to be. And the same thing flows when you are connected to the people that God wants you connected to. When you're connected with the people that God wants you connected to, there is a unity that God speaks to all of you and all of your spirits are in agreement. Yeah, it like amplifies his voice. Yeah, it really does. And what Michael and I have together is God speaks to me individually and at the same time he speaks to Michael or Michael will confirm to me what God is speaking to me or I will confirm to Michael what God is speaking to him. There's just a unity of the flow and we both sense what God is doing and how it needs to be done and what our next step will be. There's a unity there. So that is the safest place for you to be. That is the most fulfilling, joyous life that you can live is being where God wants you to be and connected to the people that God wants you connected to. Exactly. It also applies to being vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I know a person who has been vaccinated. They didn't have any ill effects. I know a nurse who God adamantly told her not to get vaccinated. They threatened to fire her. And then she was able to claim for religious reasons that she didn't want to get vaccinated and they let her stay on. Now, were either one of them right or either one of them wrong? Well, they were right for their individual exactly. walk with God. Exactly. And they didn't have to become experts in the effects of the antivirus shot. All they had to do is listen to God. Mm -hmm. And this is why his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We don't have to worry about the future. We only have to worry about today. What did God ask you to do today? And by the way, if you didn't do what God asked you to do today, he probably <laughs> won't ask you to do something different tomorrow because mm -hmm. he didn't listen to him in the first place. The thing that God wants is you to obey when he speaks. And once you take that step of faith, then he'll speak to you again and you'll have another step of faith. And that step of faith will morph into a walk. <laughs> and then that walk will become a journey. Eventually, you'll reach your destination one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to know the future. We just need to know God who creates the future. We don't live in Fear. Fear is not of God. No, it's not. All the fear-mongering that's going on in the world right now is of the Antichrist. It is what is hurting humanity into the pen of the devil. You are being herded. 
You are being driven by fear into the arms of the Antichrist and you know it not. Everybody's looking for peace and safety. And when the Antichrist comes and says, I'll give it to you, they say, okay, we'll give everything to you and we'll follow after the beast. Fearful people follow after the Antichrist. Those who are secure in the love of God don't because they have the revelation of God, the light of God that is shining upon them so they see in the darkness. The other people that are fearful, they run after those who claim to be strong, who claim to have the answer, who claim to know everything. We don't need to know everything. We just need to know God. Jesus lived day by day, moment by moment. All he did is what he saw his father do and heard his father speak. It was enough. He didn't worry about what the next step was. He just wanted to do what God asked him to do right then and there. That's right, yeah. We are not driven by fear. Fear is not from God. I visited a friend last weekend, and she's a Christian friend that I've been speaking to online and got to see her in person, and she was so overwhelmed by fear because of the things going on in the world. And she told me blatantly, my mother has COVID. I don't know if I have it or not. I'm scared to death of COVID, but I'm also scared to death of the vaccine, and I don't know what to do. And I said, you're being driven by fear. There should not be fear. There is an answer for you, but it is an answer that I can't give you. It's an answer that comes from God. We are in a time in history now where it's more important than ever that we have got to be connected to God. We have to have the experience of knowing Him. We have to hear His voice so that things can work the way they need to be and so that we can be safe and we can know what's right for us. There are many decisions that come down the pike about what's going on in the world right now, and nobody can give you an answer to say, absolutely, every Christian needs to do this because God may lead some Christians to plant a garden and grow all their own food. He might lead some Christians to go deep into the heart of a city and begin a ministry. You never know what he is going to have you do, but you can trust that if he is leading you, there will be provision, there will be safety. He will keep you until the time he takes you home. And there will be alignment and a peace and a joy and satisfaction that goes along with that. Fear is not a part of that. So when you listen to the spirit of God, you hear what he wants you to do and you'll know what you need to do and then you won't have fear. And the truth is, folks, to be absent because of COVID is to be present with the Lord. Right. I mean, if you die, you win. If you live in Christ, you win. Mm -hmm. And we cannot seek to save our life because Christ said we'll lose it. Those who are willing to lose their lives for his sake will find them. This fear thing that is going on in the world is not of God. Mm -hmm. It is of the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. It is of a world system that wants to herd humanity into a place that God never created. God did not create hell for the human race. He created hell to punish eternal beings, the devil and the fallen angels. And it is eternal because they are eternal. They are so dedicated to evil that you could put them in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And the day they got out, they'd be right back at it. There is no repentance Mm -hmm. in the devil. There is no repentance in the demons. They have to be punished eternally because the day they are let out, they'll be right back to sinning and causing people to sin along with them. There is no way to cure that. And the only reason that people wind up in hell is because they follow those fallen spirits. God never created the lake of fire for one Mm -mm. person to be in. But because he is a just God, if you go and act like the devil, you're going to get the punishment of the devil. 
though it was never meant for you, if you follow the devil, you're going to end up where the devil goes. You see in the book of Revelation that when we enter in New Jerusalem, we see the tree of life. I am pretty sure when you enter into hell, you see the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because mm. the path to hell is lined by man's reason. And when we follow what seems right to our natural minds, we sin. We go against the very nature of God, which is revelation. We take what was God and we make it ours to think that we are wise. And we end up in the very place that was never meant for humankind. And we are suffering today because we think about things. We reason about things. We calculate. We analyze. We try to make graphs and tables to tell us the future when we have a God who tells us today. That is what we need to hear. That is who we need to follow. You got to remember when the dragon is about to devour the man-child, it's not the teeth that are trying to eat him that he has to worry about. It's the tail. It's what you don't see coming that the devil is going to do. The devil is pushing so hard one way now. When the tail comes around and catches you, you're going to fall. And the only way not to fall is not to be in the path of the tail. And the only way not to be in the path of the tail is to be led by the Holy Spirit and do whatever God says to do when he says to do it with whomever he says to do it with. There is no other way to survive what is coming. The Holy Spirit is strong revelation. And that is the only light that will penetrate the darkness. You think it's dark now? There is coming a darkness that you will feel. Just like the darkness that came upon Egypt. To where when they tried to light a fire, they couldn't see the light. It was a darkness they could feel. But the people in Goshen, the people that knew Yahweh, they had light. Even in that overwhelming darkness. Yeah, that's a really perfect illustration of how God keeps us and protects us from what is coming upon the whole earth. It may be happening all around us. It says in Psalms that a thousand may fall at your right hand and 10,000 at your left, exactly. but it won't come near you. Why? Because you are with God. You belong to him. You're following where he says. If you're running off on your own, you can't be guaranteed the protection of God. Because if you're in a place that he is planning on bringing destruction, the destruction will fall on you if you're not supposed to be there. But following the Spirit of God will bring you everything you need. The only thing you are lacking in your life is connection. Amen. Connection with God. Connection with the people that God wants you to be connected with. It's a powerful revelation, a powerful understanding, a powerful demonstration of the love of God. You can know God personally and you can experience him individually, absolutely. But the amplification of that is when you are connected to who God wants you to be connected to and how God flows through that person to you and through you to that person. It's a very satisfying, clear revelation of the nature of God. And that's what God has Amen. for you. Yeah. In that, there is no lack. What we're trying to convey to you is that Everything you need in God is basically bound up in your willingness to connect with his body. If you will connect with other members of his body as he chooses, then you will find the provision of God, the pleasure of God, the approval of God will be upon your life and things will begin to work out. A lot of us are just afraid to make the move. 
You were afraid to go up to the person that God leads us to and says, you know, God is really drawing me to you and I don't know why. And because you're fearful and you don't want to do that, you'll never hear them say, I feel exactly the mm -hmm. same, but I was too afraid to say anything to you because I thought I'd look weird. Right. You missed the connection. Why? Because you didn't believe God. You doubted God. You know, this is where it's coming to. The spirit of the age is trying to prevent the body of Christ from connecting because the Antichrist and the spirit of the devil knows that if the body of Christ connects in the way that God desires, it will be so powerful, it will deal a death wound to the beast. We are a sleeping giant. The only thing that is keeping us down right now is we're disorganized. People think they're organized if they're sitting in a certain pew at a certain time at a certain church. No. The organization I'm talking about is the organization of the Holy Spirit according to what he thinks should be done and not because we just live at a certain place or we know a certain person. We need to seek after God. People waste their lives looking for gold. They mm -hmm. dig in the earth and they don't find it one place. What do they do? Do they keep digging there? No. They go to the next place. And if they don't find it there, they go to the next place. And why? Because they want to strike it rich. They want to make that big find that's going to make them fabulously wealthy. And they're going to stake their claim there. I'm asking you today, where are you going to stake your claim? Where are you going to say, this is where God has led me and this is the gold that I've been seeking? The way that you're going to find that gold is to let the Holy Spirit take you to the place. You'll never find it just by random chance. You need to stake your claim on God. And that's why I'm urging you by the Holy Spirit to start listening to the voice of God yourself. Don't rely on other people to hear God. Exactly. exactly. Your pastor is your pastor. Let him hear God for himself. Mm -hmm. Let your church leadership hear God for themselves. Let your friends hear God for themselves. Let your mother and father hear God for themselves. But you, as an individual in the economy of God, hear his voice yourself. Start listening and obeying on time what God says to you today. Be a son or daughter of God. Don't be a follower of man. Man is going in a very, very bad direction. The only way to heaven is to follow God. And that's what we need to do. And if God gives you a connection, you'll find God in a way that you never imagined possible. I guarantee you, I know whereof I speak. This has been the thing that has made a difference in my life. I studied the scripture for five years during Bible college, and I did not learn what I needed to know. It's only as I got rid of my natural-minded theology and listen to his voice, did I actually begin to live the Christian life? The fear that a lot of us have is that if I listen to the voice of God and I sense God telling me to do something that goes against the norm or that somebody's going to have a problem with and I'm going to be an outcast or I'm going to be rejected, you know, Jesus is the one person who can relate to that. He very often did things that his father led him to do and ended up being rejected by people around him. It was almost the norm. It was the norm for him. And he didn't concern himself with that. He didn't beg people to stay. He didn't backtrack. 
One of my favorite illustrations of that is when he was speaking to the 70 plus followers that were close to him. And he said, if you want to be a part of me, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Well, we know in hindsight, he was talking about communion. Right. But at the time, they didn't know what he meant. And a lot of people left. And he didn't stand up and say, wait, 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 before you go, let me explain what I'm talking about. He just let him go. He wanted people who would listen to the voice of his father with him and follow his father's voice with him. He didn't want people that he'd have to compromise and water down the message. If you're finding in your life you're having to compromise and water down what God is leading you in, then it's possible it's time to move on to the new place, to the place that God is leading you to, because you don't need to make apologies for what God is leading you to do. And Michael and I know the cost that there can be when you follow God and how sometimes people will reject you and you'll lose relationships because of the choices that you make. But if we're not willing to give all for Christ, then we miss out on the beauty that comes from obedience and the beauty of stepping into where God wants you to be with the people he wants you to be with, doing what he wants you to do is absolutely amazing. The fulfillment and the satisfaction and the rightness of feeling like you are becoming the full person of who you're meant to be. There's nothing that compares and it's worth what you have to give up. And that's absolutely true. You know, all we're required to do is our best. And if that's not perfect, God for knows it's not going to be perfect. And the thing is, I've understood that when people are open to hear the voice of God, they'll hear it even if you don't explain it right. They'll say, oh, wow, that's a revelation. And you just think that you didn't explain it to somebody's understanding. God is doing a new thing on the earth. It's tabernacles. It's a tabernacle blessing. It's a a final move of his spirit during these latter days. And God has a front row seat with your name on it if you want to do it. And this is really the culmination of what God has been doing since the day of Pentecost, since the cross of Calvary. It's a fulfillment of oneness with God. It's an amazing thing. And I know that all we need to do is tell people that there is something more. Mm-hmm. Tell them that connection is what you lack. It's not finances. It's not position. It's not knowledge. A person with just the knowledge of Jesus Christ and a willing to speak his word doesn't need much else. And there are people that are waiting for us to manifest Jesus Christ to them because their very souls for eternity depend on our obedience. And God wants to make you the next Philip. He wants to make you the next Paul, or the next John, or the next Peter, or the next John Wesley. He wants to use you in ways that you never thought possible. Mm -hmm. There is nothing I am currently doing now that I know how it's going to work out. Everything I'm doing, God has led me to do, or at least I believe it, and I'm doing the best I can. I don't really know why. And that's okay, because I know that step. And then when I am obedient to that step, God will give me the next step. And it may be in a totally different direction than I thought. But it's okay. I don't need to know the future to serve God today. Amen? Amen. I like that. I don't need to know the future to serve God today. That is what we need to live by. Amen. Yep. Well, thank you for being here with us at God's Love Club. We appreciate it very much. We love you. But first, we'd like to give you a word from our sponsor. Christ Church of the Superficial. You gotta see-
talk about being politically correct. I want to be a sensitive soul that feels the other people's pain, that feels what my words do to them. And I was meditating upon that this week and I said, oh my word, we have not been really seeing the whole picture. We don't want to body shame people, right? We don't want to say negative things to others. But wait, have we really expanded ourselves into what God really wants? And I came to the conclusion when I was calling one of my pastors a dodo that I was shaming the animal kingdom. It's like a bolt of lightning. I've done it all my life. I do not blame myself, by the way, because I was raised in that. My mother, my father did it. Everybody around me did it. And I just say those things. I'm, I'm so sorry, but I didn't know. But now the light of God has shined upon me. And I know that I shouldn't call people chicken. Because what do the chickens think about that? And how would you know? Chickens don't have lips. They can't smile. And when you call somebody a dodo, you're species shaming them. And besides, the dodos are extinct. They can't even speak for themselves. It makes me weep. You know, you call somebody a rat. Maybe rats think other rats are pretty great. I think that what we should do is we do the LGBTQ plus A. That's my initiative, the plus A. Because we do not want to discriminate against our furry, slithery, slimy, we do not want to species same. And so in conclusion, I want you to know that I have turned over another leaf. Oh my God. Now I am shaking vegetation. This goes on and on. This has been a righteous moment with the righteous reverend. Be blessed. Thank you for being with us in God's Love Club. We appreciate you. You have a wonderful week. Let God bless you during these seven days and hear his voice, do his will, and see what happens. Amen. We'll see you next week. This is Michael and Christy saying bye-bye. Bye. Oh, it goes on and on, you know, bird brain. You know, birds have brains, and they're just in those little small skulls. You know, you don't need to shame them. They have feelings, too. Treat them like a person. They'll treat you like a person. That's what I always say.